it's going. Okay. Camerary. Let me just write down this annotation a little bit. Camerary. Mm-hmm. Riri. Camerary. Camerary. Yes. Okay. All right. Welcome back. Season two, episode eight. Welcome to the pod. Anthony Camerary, a.k.a. Ant-Man, a.k.a. Big Tone, a.k.a. Camerary, uh, a.k.a. Miami, not Florida's finest, 356 miler, 326 5K runner, NCAA runner-up, Mr. Shrug on him, ex-Ole Miss Rebel, and newest member of Tim Man Elite. Welcome to the podcast. Are you Italian? Is that is that a little bit of Italian in there? Yeah, my, dad, my dad's Italian. So. You're on your dad's side? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, uh, I've i been watching a lot of Sopranos recently, uh, Yeah. so I'm really into like the whole culture and everything. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the show? I have not, but I know it's you know, okay. Italian. You definitely have to get into it. It definitely is a little bit of like a crude show for sure, as mm-hmm. most HBO shows are, but it's definitely one I would recommend to anyone watching. I think it's like the number one rated show ever, and I see like the all this. Have you been seeing the stuff with the new Giants quarterback, Tommy DeVito? That oh, was at their backup. Yeah, it's the backup for Danny Dimes, and uh, he they've really been leaning into the whole like Italian mafia type of vibe. Like his agent mm-hmm. wore this like blacked out pinstripe suit to the last game, and his dad is like kissing everyone on like the lips or on the cheeks, on the lips. Yeah, <laughs> like during like yeah, yeah. like whenever he scores a touchdown, it just like mm-hmm. cuts to like the family. It's it's pretty good stuff, but. uh how has the transition to Boulder been so far? It's been great. Um, yeah, I just got here last week. Um, I mean, I've kind of always looked at Boulder as like this utopian society of runners. Exactly. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, my expectations are really high, but I'm still like, you know, enjoying it so much and I'm not disappointed by any means by anything. So a little bit of cold weather. A little bit, but I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, so it's nothing I haven't experienced before. It's actually warmer than I'd say I'm used to for the winter. So yeah, yeah it's been, hasn't been bad at all. This morning. Yeah. So um, let's do a quick uh, training breakdown. So you've been here how many days now? Um, this will be day eight, I believe. Okay, so you got a full weekend. Mm-hmm. So let's do a quick um, seven-day recap. Yeah. Uh, you want to pull up your straw? Yeah. Uh, and just like break down uh, your training week and just talk a little bit about like your uh, philosophy towards it all. Yeah, so the past seven days has been a little different than normal, I would say. Um, What's the total mileage? Last week, I believe, I ran seven days last week, which was first time running seven days in a while. That was, I think I had like 66. Nice. So normally I hit 65 to 68 or so in six days. Um, But I guess first run um, in Colorado, it was last Wednesday. Um, just a, just an hour easy run. And then I doubled, I do a lot of cross training. So, um, I, uh, doubled 65 minutes on the bike next day, just another easy run, 55 minutes. And then in the afternoon, went to the Longmont Rec Center and did an aqua jogging pool, 50 minutes. How is the Longmont Rec Center? Um, it's not bad. A lot of people, um, yeah. I, it, realized, I didn't realize how popular the Longmont Because made it seem like it was like the Ritz Carlton when I talked to him about it's, it. It's just... not that crazy. <laughs> The pool, like, I mean, the sauna is so nice, and the pool, like, yeah, I was going there, there. I went there the first. Well, <laughs> I, I go at like 5 p.m., which is probably not the good the that good is time to go. that is prime time, after yeah. Work. And so, I've been sharing lanes with people every time I go to the pool, and then also the sauna is like standing room only. Is it a bunch of dudes and towels and stuff? So, Dang. so maybe I see you go at like three or something when it's yeah. Popular. I try to go to the I go to the Louisville Rec Center. I'm revealing mm-hmm. my secrets here, which I shouldn't. 
because yeah. I love going there because I never see anybody I know there, you know, mm-hmm. or like it is the same sort of thing, just a bunch yeah. of old old guys, you know, just yeah. hanging out in the hot tub and steam room mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, yeah, good to know. Sorry, go yeah. keep going. Uh, and then at the first workout, um, we did that at Davidson Mesa. That was seven by mile. Um, that went pretty well. Um, I'm not really used to doing like actual threshold paces. I'm I'm pretty used to what I'd say most college teams do is too fast a threshold. Um, Why so, do you think that is? Um, I think it's a mixture of people not totally understanding threshold. I also, there's such a initiative in college to run as a team and everything. So it's, For not, sure. it's not very individualized. So you'll have uh, a guy that runs like a 1455K working out with a guy that runs a 14 flat 5K. And then the workout's just kind of meant probably more so for the 14 flat 5K guy. And then everyone tries to run to their level. Did you feel like you got thrown to the sharks in college? Like in the um, same regard where all of a sudden you were just thrown into a workout group like way above your pay grade? Not really. Um, my coaches at Miami were pretty good about um, having more individualized workout groups. So only groups like three or four. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were certainly some workouts where I had to work out with two like the top guys on the team, especially more so in track season, um, which, I mean, I stayed healthy enough, so... I say it was probably worth it because yeah. I still ended up progressing pretty well. Yeah. So I don't think I ever ran threshold like once in college. Yeah. Like true threshold, like not a chance. Yeah. I'm running. <laughs> the, yeah. Cause like the workout we just did, it was 520 miles down to 511 was the fastest rep that I did. Yeah. And that was probably the slowest I've ever ran. Yeah. <laughs> threshold workout, quote unquote, even when yeah. I was a freshman. So given a red altitude, that That's whole thing. Yeah. So get what, 10 seconds or something. But yeah. I don't know exactly what it is, but. Yeah. I think that's what the end sub late conversion is. It's oh, like, is it like? I think it's close to 10. Like if you run a 410 mile, they call it a four flat? Yes. Oh, really? It pretty, something, Taylor, do you know what that mile altitude conversion is for Colorado? Is it seven seconds? Maybe it's like the faster. Yeah, we'll get our producer to look it up and he'll let us know. Yeah, maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a percentage thing. Yeah, I know Flagstaff is over 10. It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, that's just so much higher as well. For sure. Anyway, continue. Yeah, the workout went well though. Um, I was definitely I tried to be a bit conservative just because I hadn't done really done a threshold workout at altitude, so I didn't want to like blow up or anything. Finished that off with four by thirty second hills, two by twenty second kind of flat around the flat kind of stride things. Mm-hmm. Those went well, felt good. Doubled later, just twenty one minutes, and the next day it was just easy for That's minutes. a talent double. That's what we call a talent double. Anything under four miles, you call it a talent double. Talent? Yeah. Is that, what does that mean? It's just like, uh, <laughs> what's the official report? If you run four flat, 354. So it's six, Colorado, six seconds conversion. Okay. All right. All right. That makes sense. So then Flagstaff is probably 10. Yeah. If not more. Um. Sorry to interrupt again. Even so, I mean, six seconds, I would, if you take six seconds yeah. off those times, it's still probably slower than I'm going. Yeah. We just joke but. that if you are doubling uh, only three miles, which is, a pro- I assume what you did, 21 yeah. minutes, three yeah. miles. Yeah, I was like, it was like 2.7. Yeah, 2.7. <laughs> uh, that's a very talented double. Um, is is basically, it's basically just a, just a joke because you're so talented, you don't need to do like a four or a five mile double yeah. in the afternoon, so... And then I'll call like four mile doubles, like talent ish doubles, and then five mile double, anything over four miles for that matter. Anything five miles and up. I mean, I would consider anything over five miles just not just a run. Mm. Like you can call it a double run, you know, but yeah. Uh, 
talentless double is like a five mile double or a six mile double is like you're just a marathon or just yeah you gotta, you gotta get everything out <laughs> you gotta get everything out <laughs> yeah yeah i was just trying to get because the morning was over 13 miles and that's a pretty long morning for me so yeah it's it a big get, day it was, i was trying to get the volume to something close to that we might hit during double threshold days sure. so mm-hmm. ellen needed three miles to do that so um then next day was just easy run seven miles and then uh and then I guess I did a 50-minute ride later, which that's a little abnormal, but normally I'll do longer, but just kind of ease into the whole training at altitude thing. Next day was 13 miles of 6.33 pace, which might sound slow, but that was probably my fastest long run in four or five years. Nice. Just kind of just been jogging them for ever, basically. <laughs> really? Um, so all good about that one, definitely. That's awesome. And then double the 30-minute bike ride uh, that afternoon. Normally I'd go 50 to 60 minutes, but... Um, I also had kind of a bit of a week and a half and down week, like before and after Boston. So mm-hmm. trying to ease back into the volume. Next day, I did a long bike ride, which was 39.4 miles, two hours and 10 minutes. Um, Jeez. Did that, just a big loop to the west, down into Boulder. So yeah, really nice did you go? Took west all the way, or took Nelson Road all the way west. I think it, it the name of the, like, very small town. Are you just like free for all in these bike rides because I, I really just got here or are you like mapping it i map i use the strava heat map to kind of see where yeah. people generally bike and then i wanted to go up in the mountains so i wasn't sure if i was gonna hit some like ice patch going down sure like 45 miles an hour so yeah didn't want to take the gamble so you're yet a good enough um biker technically to go down these like canyons and whatnot i think so there's a lot so where i live in ohio and cleveland there's like a big valley um so there's a lot of twist turns down, super steep downhills. Like my, yeah. I've hit 56 miles an hour on really out there. Yeah, it's given. I was like straight down. What do um what do like the Tour de France riders get up to? Do you have I, any idea? They, they get over 60. Do they? Uh, yeah. God, so I, I remember. Any, did you watch the Netflix drive to like the drive to survive? Like the, equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched most of the episodes. Yes. Did you get to the episode where like Tom Pitcock? I hope that's how you say his last name. Is that yeah, right? I think yeah, Pitcock. Pitcock. Pit Pit yeah. cock, hard cock at the end there, yeah. <laughs> um, is uh, like descending. Did you see that episode? Did you get to that one? I, I think I remember that stage, but I don't know if I watched that episode. It's it's fucking epic. Yeah, like he's so he, good at descending. He's incredible, and like uh, Netflix, just like I mean, I mean, the whole thing is over like dramatized. Right. So so it just makes it seem like every turn he goes on is like life or death, which yeah. some of them might have been, mm-hmm. you know. But it certainly is something where I was like watching that. And I'm like, man, this is so, so over my like pay grade. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I'm just barely getting into cycling and I do 98% of the cycling I've ever done in my life on the indoor trainer. Mm-hmm. And I did go out for a few rides when it was still nice out. So kudos for you for even venturing out in this cold weather. I yeah. Don't, I don't think I have the proper like gear. to. Yeah. Do. You just need the gear. Like, yeah like shoe cover is i was gonna say you have the booties and everything yeah. like yeah, yeah do you wear like a skull cap like what is the i have a like a shiesty mask type thing <laughs> okay so yeah yeah, yeah. it gets real cold yeah so so that's a week in the life then or is that was that it almost and i guess yesterday was just 55 minutes around another hour water jog and then today it was a workout five by two gay three three hundred three two hundreds and then the double four miles nice. so talent ish double talent ish double yeah nice um so so how many hours, so like you get, so like around six hours then of cross training a week is what you're doing? Um, I'll probably, I'd say this past week is probably around six, um, maybe seven, but usually I get up to about 88. Uh-huh. Um, so I think like all this fall and summer I was doing about eight. 
Yeah. Okay. And I think it's about six, seven hours running. So it's about 14 to 15 hours total. And do you really believe, and I know this is like, we were talking about it a little bit this morning, just because I, I was genuinely curious, like after I finished my bike, my afternoon bike ride yesterday, I certainly feel like I'm at the point now in my own training where if I'm not doing something in the afternoon, mm-hmm. I just feel lazy yep. because I'm not doing anything else. So mm-hmm. it's like, might as well go do something. Uh, and I certainly don't feel like I can go just run in the afternoon every day uh, for my body's sake and coming back from this injury stuff. But do you feel like the cross training really makes a difference in your overall fitness? Or do you think, is it more so just making you feel good for the next day's run? Like, do you see what I'm getting at? Like, is it more of a therapeutic thing to get the blood flowing for recovery purposes? Like motion is lotion type of vibe? Mm-hmm. Or is it actually increasing your fitness uh, i would say a little both so for one i don't i didn't really start to get good until i started cross training that could have just been a coincidence based on just yeah. getting older and running more a little bit as well were you injury prone and that would got you into the cross training yeah i was my first two years i would just i would struggle with so much tendonitis pain like a daily um and then i got to um i ended up getting a stress reaction on my foot and then I went from 65 miles my sophomore year to 55 my junior year, but I had it in all the cross training. So I guess I actually ran less, added cross training, and then I started to get good. Yeah. Um, so then I just kind of viewed it as don't fix what's not broken. Yeah, don't fix what's not broken. And then I just kept cross training, kept adding more and more and more volume, kept getting better and better. Um, so you're saying it's a fucking secret. Uh, I mean, if I could Success. run, if I could run 100 miles a week, I would do that and not cross train. Really? But, I mean, I got to bridge the gap somehow because I yeah. run 65 miles uh, like on my like big weeks. What are so, you trying to get up to this year, you think, mileage-wise? Um, haven't talked to Joan yet, but I'd say probably... I like to get to like 70. I'm, I'm big on the very gradual trans, like mm-hmm. progressions of everything, yeah. like week to week, season to season. Um, I would say as far as whether it's motion or lotion, motion, motion is lotion or if it's actual fitness, I'd say the biking, my heart rate's a lot higher closer to 120 and altitude is 130 which i think is gonna even benefit me even more nice that's a, but when that's the pool it's like 95 100 so and you're just aqua jogging yeah i can't really swim very well okay i was um, gonna say triathlon future or what uh maybe but <laughs> I, I, I have to learn to swim quite quite not to spend a lot of time with a coach to yeah. learn how to swim um but yeah i said though aqua jogging it might that might just be uh just getting the legs moving feeling better for the next day because i was the other day before a workout yeah but i'd say the biking i get my heart's high enough and um I'd say over time i feel like well like when i get tired in a race i don't really feel it in my legs anymore i feel it kind of more in my you know, breathing musculature really so i think that might be from the biking as i've increased that volume just my legs are gotten strong interesting but for me it's I don't always really for me it's always legs Mm-hmm. Like that's, that is my limiting point in races always yeah. is mm-hmm. like if my calves are, you know, going or hamstrings or whatever, you know, it may be, uh, hips are off and I feel like my TFL is going nuts or something like yeah. that's typically it for me. Like I, that's interesting to hear that you feel like the, your aerobic capacity is the limiting mm-hmm. factor there. Yeah. Yeah. Like up until my, I mean, that's exciting. Yeah. I agree. To know because you can only increase that engine, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if, I don't know, I, I would rather be in your situation than mine mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And it, cause it always feels like you shouldn't be slowing down in a race, but like you just kind of are just cause it yeah. kind of hurts. Uh-huh. Whereas previously it was my glutes or quads were just fried. 
which I still kind of feel that way in like mile races. But have you ever gotten um, a VO two max test and no. like threshold testing and all that? No, I, I was supposed to do it in an exercise physiology class, but I kind of got out of it because it was like the end of the season in cross country when we were supposed to do it. Yeah. So one of the one of the questions that we'll I'm not going to do all the mailbags right now, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I I did thought was a great mailbag question was like if you weren't if you were running what would what would you be doing mm-hmm. um and i think it you were you were just trying starting to get in on uh the classes you were taking uh, yeah. i think i'll know your answer to this but uh you want to talk tell people uh what mm-hmm. what uh what are you going to be doing here in boulder also uh so i'm getting a master's in athletic training so um, I actually don't even know if I want to be an athletic trainer with that sort of profession. Really? But okay. the reason I started doing athletic Purple, training, man. yeah, is the reason I started. Firefighter. <laughs> no. uh, the reason I started doing athletic training is because it was like kind of the most applicable masters to what I actually want to do, which is chiropractic. Okay. So I'd say that, which is, I guess, more just uh, treating athletes in more clinical setting as opposed to. You got to hurry up and get training. this because the team could. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah. Love to unfortunately, get some, it's three more years. Get of, some work. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's three more years of school. So. Yeah. I probably I'll probably do that once I'm done with running, nice. unless I decide to get into coaching or something. But nice. I'd say chiropractic. Um, as far as what I'd fill my time with, it just as a hobby, I have no idea. Yeah. Probably just video games. <laughs> video games. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh, your video game choice? Um, so growing up, I was always big into Madden, NBA 2K, those kind of games. Okay, so you are on the sports sector grind? I was, and then oh. I guess kind of got into Call of Duty, yeah. and then I played... I feel like very... everyone in college. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage, like you're yeah. playing like Nazi zombies and like yeah. Yeah, Modern Warfare 2 yeah. and stuff with yeah. all your teams. Which I don't, I don't play much, like once I got to college, I kind of stopped playing, but I just got into Counter-Strike Global Offensive okay. on the PC, and I put in like a very unhealthy amount of hours. Still? Not, nah, I mean, when I do play games, that's basically what I play. You're going to get but, uh, Katie and Savannah uh, in all of them? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're the types of games, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. So what is it? What has it been like so far living with two other, so you live in a house with uh, the two new Tin Man Elite runners, also mm-hmm. Katie and Savannah. How's that been? Have you ever lived with women before? Or? I have not. Um, I mean, I, I think it's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, it's, I haven't really noticed much of a difference. Besides, just the dishes are actually clean and nice. The house is clean, at least as as of a week of living. Yeah, but yeah, it's been great. It really just feels like college again, just living with people on the team, and mm-hmm. it's it's just, I don't know, it's just a very chill environment. Yeah, no, I can't tell you how like um, you know pumped up I was to hear when you guys were all getting a house together and figuring that all out because uh, certainly when we when I when myself and Reed and Drew all first moved to Boulder, like we had. Uh, the hat like the big horn house uh that we all lived together in and we fostered the team culture through that house you know mm-hmm. it was just like it was always you know we never locked the front door so yeah. anybody on the team could always come and go mm-hmm. uh whenever they wanted to and then uh as the team got older uh we all you know found women in boulder or women moved to boulder and uh uh we all then moved into apartments and like uh you know, like separated. So it's great to have what I hope will turn into again, this central hub for everyone to like go to, to hang out and to have dinners. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it really lined you guys up for the white elephant Christmas party coming up. Oh and, yeah. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. We have a good house to host. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you guys would step up for that one. Okay. Yeah. I think we can, we can get it done for All sure. Right. Nice. All right. So I'm going to hold We have a Christmas that. tree. So, well, we have it on record now. So <laughs> now, now it has to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
All right, so let's jump into a little bit of your background. Let's get the people to know a little bit more about you. So outside of my amazing introduction of you, uh, <laughs> uh, so you grew up Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, and you went to Miami of Ohio. Yes. Uh, and then you transferred to Ole Miss. Correct. For your last year of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about what it was like transitioning high school and then into college. Like, was that always a thing? Uh, like wanting to run to college? Like wanting to run to college or? Um, I guess I didn't really n- realize it was a thing until uh, maybe my sophomore year, um, which I maybe for some people that's actually pretty early realizing you run to college. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't very normal for someone from my high school to run in college. So I guess I didn't really uh, consider it too much until um, I guess my junior year. I started to kind of get letters just from random D three schools, yeah. and um, did you do you still have the letters? Did you keep them? I yeah, maybe my mom has them. I've no yeah, exactly. It'd be kind of funny looking back for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I was always pretty good at running. So like in middle school, I was you know one of the best in the state, and that. So you ran early on. Yeah, I started in I think sixth grade. I ran CYO track. Um, How did you get into it? We would do a gym class mile in fourth and fifth grade, and nice. I ran the fastest mile by a male in uh, fifth grade, like ever in school history, yeah. which we actually, there was a, a girl who ran one second faster than me. She ran 5.59. So there's actually, a, a girl still has the, the actual <laughs> overall school record, which is kind of cool. That is um, cool. So I guess I was just kind of good at running. And so I was like, oh, you know, winning's fun. So let me do track. And then For sure. did seventh and eighth grade cross country track. Then in high school, I was injured a lot. So I only ran four out of the eight seasons um, between cross country and track and then Got just good enough to uh, go to Miami, um, and then I guess yeah, I was started starting my college career. Um, wasn't very good, so I guess my high school my PRs were fifteen twenty six five k four twenty sixteen hundred one fifty four eight hundred. It's like decent times, you know, good enough to get in D one school, but not right. anything that's gonna you know give me the full ride at Oregon or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I basically my four years, I had a little injury sophomore year. With, as, said, as I said, my stress reaction on my foot. But beyond that, stayed pretty healthy. Just kind of built up training and then got better and better every year. So, like, my 1500 went from, or my mile went from 412, 409, and then 401, 4 flat at Miami. So, I got better and better every year. My AK, I was, yeah. I was like a 2530 AK guy. My first was that, was that Was that your first uh, AK cross country, 2530? Well, that, my first, my freshman year, that was my PR, is 2530. Okay. Then my sophomore year was 25 flat. And then I ran like a twenty four twenty, then a twenty three thirty six, then a twenty, and like a faster little miss. So yeah. basically, got better and better every year. So uh, that was actually my next question: was uh, let's hear the sub four story. I know everyone has one, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you certainly uh, were in like that. You're in the bracket where you ran just quite four hundred one, and then four flat. You yeah. Know? Um, was there ever a point during that process where you're like, oh fuck, like <laughs> I might be on like the other side of this like barrier looking mm-hmm. in for like my whole life? Like, was there that doubt that ever creeped in or did you always think like, no, I'm going to eventually get in? Uh, I think I always thought I'd get it. Like my freshman, when I was like a 412 miler, I was like, I had this pipe dream that I could do it like mm-hmm. within like way too soon, which, um, I think that's a common misconception people have is how long it takes to go from four yeah. ten to four flat. What What do you think? Uh, before I let you tell the story, what do you think is the number? And when you get to like actually be like, no, you you can do it. Like, 
Is it 406? Is it, you know? I mean, even when I ran 401, I knew they were like, that was like the perfect race, perfect. Like I knew I probably couldn't do it that season because 401 mm-hmm. is basically my potential. So I think it kind of depends on the weather, kind of how the race is. Um, so like when I ran four flat as a guy, I can definitely do it. But I'd say for an average person, probably at least like 402, 403. Really? Like you have to be pretty close. Yeah. Because I mean, like if you're a 356 guy to drop another three seconds is like insane. For sure. Whereas in... It's kind of sort of similar with like a 403 to a four flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 359. So anyway, take me through the four yeah. flat journey. So my sophomore year in 409, probably could have ran a little faster, but I wasn't going to get it at all last season. My junior year, indoor ran like 406. And then by outdoor, we, our conference was a week early. So we, we had three weeks until regionals. So then that like when everyone else was running conference, we ran a race, like kind of set up a sub four mile. Um, which someone didn't break it in the race, but, um, I ran 401 and I was totally like, I had a pounding headache for 30 minutes afterwards. Yeah. I was fully maxed out. Like I couldn't <laughs> run any faster. Um, so that was my junior year. So I knew probably in the next year I could drop another two seconds was what I needed because considering I dropped eight seconds the previous year. Um, so and then my, my senior year, I ran four flat. It wasn't a very, I could have, I definitely could have broken forward that year. Um, I just didn't really have a race to do it. I had a pacer, you know, so you know, everyone's got their pacer excuses and having to lead the race and the full thing. college, it's like, do it in this four week window of indoors or not. You yeah, know? basically. Yeah. Because there's not really that many mile opportunities outdoors mm-hmm. all of a sudden. You know? Yeah. Which is trans. Mm-hmm. Which I ran two miles. So I ran 401, my opener, then I ran four flat a couple weeks later. Um, so. I mean, if I ran it outdoors, I definitely would have broken it because I ran 341 the 15. I ran a 1600 and 358 low, the pen relay. So I was fit enough. I just didn't really do it, which didn't really bother me. Like I knew I had another year of eligibility, so I'd probably do it then. And then I transferred Ole Miss, and I mean, they're pretty well known for getting some guys sub four. So first race, I broke at 358. Uh, it was pretty seamless. I had good pacing and everything. And then run 356. Yeah. So that's, I guess, my PR now is 356. Yeah. So, um, what, like, was that your biggest goal in college? Like, was that your highest moment, would you say? And like, yeah. Um, I mean, it's always, a. I feel like it's always so hyped up. That's going to be a little underwhelming when it happens. Sure. Um, cause it was kind of like a low key me we did it at, which I mean, I was, I mean, I was, you're still showered with praise afterwards cause everyone thinks it's so cool. Yeah, but well, um, it's just the mo- it's it's such a recognizable thing. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you could tell people you ran a twenty one twenty eight k this past weekend. And yeah, which is amazing, know, but no one would ever know. No one would give a shit. Yeah, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you broke the course record by probably two minutes on most courses. You know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like whenever I, I, when anyone asks me, just a regular person who or like what my PR is, and they say three fifty six, they like lose their mind. So. Whereas if I say a 5k PR, it's not the same reaction. So. Exactly. And it's one of those things where it's, it'll, it'll be said at your funeral. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I guess morbid no. as it is, like yeah. that will be said, you know, mm-hmm. it's like one of those accomplishments mm-hmm. that will carry with you for life and no one can mm-hmm. ever take it away from you. And you got your little tree in the forest, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, uh, hopefully I still do that. I mean, yeah. Cause I know, I think like this USA track and field website, like stop putting sub four, like on the website. I did. I did. Because it's like, they don't think it's special anymore. Which I guess that that's also maybe the reason it didn't feel especially because literally there's like 80, 90 guys in the NCAA that do yeah, figure it out. Yeah, because there's this huge booming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and I figured I could run faster as well. So it's like, all right, like I did it, but now I want to be faster, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's kind of the, well, I'm the never ending cycle of running. Well, I'm sure that fifth grader that got beaten out for the record, um, by that girl would be pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess they would. So, um, so what was, um, one of my favorite questions to ask people, um, is what do you, what was your highest and lowest moment during your running career? So mm-hmm. far, highest moment was probably the NCAA DMR um, this past uh, March. Um, just because when we were at Miami, we were like the DMR was always such a cool idea to us, and um, it's like the only obviously the only distance really in the NCAA. That's where you kind of get to showcase your team's ability outside of cross country, and as far as like on the track. Um, and then just. I was never really good enough to like individually to even be like on a team like that, let alone like a team being good enough, which I guess Miami did. They did get all American or eighth place my junior year. I wasn't on the team, but just shout out to them. Um, but yeah. Um, but when I got to Ole Miss, like I was good enough individually to like anchor a really good team. RT, the team around me was amazing. I mean, we had all Americans, like individual Americans, like basically in the whole team um, qualifying and then. Yeah, I mean, there's just you've been watching. I've been watching that race forever, like wanting to um, do well in it. Obviously, wanting to win, which we didn't win. Up, but I mean, the NCAA DMR is yeah. the most badass race indoors. Yeah. It's the so atmosphere physical, is, yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it kicks off the meet weekend. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's electric. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the atmosphere is amazing, and then yeah. So, and I guess we're getting second was like incredible. Like mm-hmm. um, that was. I mean, that was better than I ever thought. I'd be on a team doing. Yeah. Um, and then just doing it in the fashion that we did. Like we had, um, like the Ari Hunter guy got the baton in 11th. Then he got me in 10th, like still a little far. I mean, he ran the, I think the fast 800 split, he ran like 147 low. And then, um, I got the baton in 10th, finished second, passed a bunch of really good guys. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just incredible. Which yeah. looking back in hindsight, it's like, oh, I wish we were just a little closer because then we probably would have gotten the win. But yeah. Um, just cause you were feeling that good that day. Yeah. I mean, I, I ran 357.5 yeah. at altitude and I mean, I don't even remember like feeling anything. My legs all right. So it was just, yeah. I was like a euphoric. Just adrenaline. Yeah. Just the, what the runner's high or something. Just, yeah. It was your day. Yeah. Runner's high at the best time possible. Yeah. So that was probably my highest high. Lowest low definitely was not making nationals this past year, uh, mm-hmm. in the 5k. Yeah. Um, I ran 1326 qualifying, um, which I think had me at fourth in the like NCAA overall region, yeah. Or I think it was just overall. Oh wow! Like I think I was second or third in the mm-hmm. second in the East region. Um, and then I didn't even have a terrible race. I said our our heat was really good, and I just had like a little bit of an off day, mm-hmm. and then I just got sixth, first one out. Yeah. And then I mean it was a mix of bad position, bad positioning, bad luck, and just have kind of choking <laughs> yeah honestly yeah so were you were you pretty nervous going into that race or um i mean kind of because i had never made any individual event in indoor or outdoor track yeah and i mean that was kind of i mean being the rank that highly i feel like it's you're kind of expected to make it for sure and everyone's kind of looking at you like oh like yeah okay you should make it so if he doesn't that's kind of like a, a big deal mm-hmm. so yeah i was pretty disappointing definitely yeah um definitely my lowest moment what was um some learning like is there a learning lesson that you took specifically from that race or was it more just like you now have a chip on your shoulder and it fired you up to want to keep running or was it like 
mm-hmm. man, I don't know if I want to keep going professionally after this. Um, maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, uh, well, for, first I made USAs that you saw, I was able to six weeks later run the USAs, which is a bit of a redemption. Um, which is nice because you don't actually have to, there's no qualifying rounds for that. It's just you're, you're in your time with the Oregon season. So now you get to, you get to go. Um, so that kind of made me feel like, you know, I belong, but at the same time, it's like, what kind of runner that doesn't make NCAAs ends up, you know, running professionally. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like an underdog and I guess I just have to use that as, you know, positive motivation and, uh, yeah, just to kind of fuel me to mm-hmm. keep going and try to be the best I can be. Yeah, for sure. If you like, and looking back at that NCAA race, and I know I like said in the intro as a joke, like Mr. Shrug on him, like you did <laughs> do like the NJ shrug. Yeah. Um, what, like, what did, what came of that? Like, did you feel like you kind of like were an NCAA champion in a way because you beat yeah. the field, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and was that kind of the shrug, you know, where you're like, well, I, I probably would have won if we were a little closer or like, no, what? that was, that was, my <laughs> was any sort of dig on my teammates or anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't even know why I did to ground. It's just kind of... It was just instinct. Totally instinctual. Yeah. Um, You're like, I don't know how the fuck I did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like, I knew I did something pretty good, I, but I didn't win, so I don't want to do something like some crazy celebration. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, you don't want to be like, come yeah. on. The, the picture makes it look like I did. It was like this whole thing, but it was like... Sure. The, if you look at the video, it's really not like... It's, that wasn't that like, you know, showy or anything. Or yeah. Flashy. But no, the picture made it. It was a good picture. Yeah, made for a good picture for <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, with all this experience now, you know you've been running since you've been since fifth grade. Um, what is something that you would tell your younger self? You know, and like now getting to the professional ranks, like what do you think is whether it's advice you've gotten for someone else or advice that you could give to your younger self? What would that be? Um, I mean, that's very cliche, but like just enjoy every day mm-hmm. run. like you don't have to run you get to run that kind of thing um because if you start enjoying the process and enjoying going for an every day then the results come um uh, people always ask me well like I, I run a good race and then i know what you do like on the race day to run really well it's like it's nothing i did on the race day it's just kind of don't be a head case that's what you do on race day it's yeah. what you do the years and years before that that got you to that point yeah so just find some sort of um, some sort of training that you enjoy a lot and then just do it. Well, I mean, for me, I enjoy biking and running and, um, that's what I can stick to religiously. So I, you know, I do it every day and I enjoy it. I basically every run and every ride I go on and as a result, I just kind of go good at running. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's great. Find people to run with that'll make it fun. However, whatever you gotta do to make it fun. Exactly. That's how you get the results. It is, it is crazy how like, people in this sport it is so easy to get lost and and i've talked about it before on past episodes where you get caught up in expectation as your expectations you know were to not easily qualify but expect surely expected to qualify for NCAAs individually um and letting that you know like take a hold too much and i'm sure like that if you were to be able to go back, you know, to that um, NCAA 5K race itself, you know, like, I wonder how much of that day and everything, like, were you having fun, you know, mm-hmm. like in the race a little bit more maybe, and you were a little bit more relaxed, like, would have that been enough? We'll never yeah. know, mm-hmm. you know, but it is something where when I talk to younger runners 
um, about races and they'll complain to me about, oh, I just, I ran so bad. Like I would, I, I know I, I can run, you know, 420 or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it's, if you hear yourself talking this way, that's the reason you're probably running like shit, you know, mm-hmm. is because you're just putting all this expectation of like, I need to run these splits and do this. It's like for me and you know, the DMR is a great example of it where it's like all bets are off. You're just out there racing, giving it your all, like trying to find the best position and fight like hell. You're not thinking about what your 3K split has to be in order to run 13, 10, you know, or whatever it is, you know. So there's definitely a lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot in there to be learned from. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I say that. It's like, the NCAA pop career is just during the race, just the least fun of that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just so stressed. Whereas like when I'm in 13, 26, you're just like, counting, you're just counting the whole time. Like one, two, three, four, there's still 10 guys here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah it, was just, it was so stressful. Um, so yeah. And all the good races have been like the, the really, really good races have been, it's just been relaxed and fun. Yeah. So outside of, um, so you want, you won the Stanford invite running the 1326, yeah. correct? Yes. Uh, talk to me about that race a little bit. Uh, that was also probably like one of my highest moments in college for sure um it wasn't paced very fast like i think we were through 3k like 813 and then um and then i think dylan powell of college school minds he took the next k um a little faster but then my whole goal is break school record i think it was 1332 if i'm not mistaken um which i was kind of doing the math like like with the k to go i had to make a big move and really dropped a really fast last K and get the school record. So K to go, I took off and then started dropping everyone. I just didn't expect to happen. I looked back, I think 700 ago. I was like, oh shoot, I actually yeah. happened everyone. So then, same kind of feeling. I didn't really feel anything in my legs to like 200 ago. Yeah. Like it was just like a euphoric feeling. Um, which I think you get a lot of confidence from kind of leading sure. a race. And when you know you have a good race, like just the, all the endorphins in your head start like yeah. making your body feel better. I didn't so, realize that's how the race played out. Yeah. I just assumed you like blew everyone's doors out the last 200 or something. I got to yeah. go back and watch that. Yeah, I dropped everyone. My last game was a 232. Last nice. game was too flat. Yeah. So yeah, it was a really, just a really hard close from really far out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, which I mean, I've never done anything like that before. But uh, either like just the way the race was won or right the way like the, obviously the time. So for sure. That was like a 22 second PR. Damn. So, 22 second PR. Yeah. So dang. Yeah. So that was a, that's a big really day. Nice that's a big day. Yeah. Well, I love Stanford. That's the, I remember my, my senior year was from uh, that race as well. So, yeah. One of like my favorite, like when I ran 1323 and it was, I think probably like a, it was like a six, eight second PB. Um, at the time, like that was such a special moment because I got to do it with Drew and Goose in the same race. And mm. uh, yeah, just the track and just the energy of it. And mm. at the time, that was like the premier 5K was Peyton Jordan 5K. Yeah. Um, and it's too bad that uh, sound running, I mean, sound running is great also, but Peyton Jordan 5K is uh, not quite what it used to be, you know, like mm. it had that long history of like there was guys that ran like you know, sub 13, you know, right. or like when, uh, Ben true and Hassan Mead ran like 1301 together. That was, that was so cool. But, uh, yeah, it's a special track for sure. Yeah. And the weather's always great. It's just always a great time. Beautiful area. Yeah. Just with all those Stanford guys. Thank you again to our sponsors, pillar performance. I got some here, uh, for those watching on YouTube, I love the Barry triple magnesium professional recovery. 
helps you recover fast from your runs, helps you sleep better. I know Ollie Herrera, George Mills, both 350 mi- sub 350 milers are ripping this stuff right now. Use code TINTALK for 50% off your next order. Highly recommend trying it. It's a game changer for me to get my sleep and to feel better the next day. They also have all sorts of different products like uh, their ultra immunity supplements that I take every day also to stay healthy. And I also take the joint armor to help my body and my tendons feeling good day in and day out. Go check out Pillar uh, Performance online now. Use code TINTALK, 50% off. Support the pod, support a great up and coming brand that is truly making a difference for our sport today. Thank you so much for this support. Let, uh, before I get into mailbag and our final question, I wanted to ask uh, you about who have been the biggest like influences on you in your running career? I'll just... Uh, it could be a teammate, yeah. coach, you know, God, like who, whatever. Yeah. Um, in high school, um, my, my coach, Coach Shank, he definitely, um, I was a very tough athlete, I think, to coach, just always wanting to do too much and just race everything and everything and all that. So he was definitely kept me in check. And also, I, as I said, I was injured a lot. And there weren't really even running injuries. It was just like random injuries. I would get doing random things that, uh, so just what, I, what he was able to get me to run off of the training I was able to do was pretty, pretty impressive. So, I mean, I guess also Miami, like the coaches I had there and they also always believed in me. They took a chance on me, even like being on the team and then coached me really well to get to, um, to level I was at my senior year and then my coach will miss Smitty and like, shout out Smitty. Yeah, I love him. He's <laughs> a great guy, made, made it so fun and then, um, just, I mean, the training, I mean, was, I responded so well with training as well. Like, I feel like you really had me figured out. So it was really hard kind of leaving him to end up joining here. But um, yeah, that, I mean, obviously coaches. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I've had quite a few doc, like chiropractors and stuff like um, that have helped me just with my body because I struggled a lot with injuries, so I've said a couple times. But um, beyond that, I mean, I'd always look up to like other pros and just aspire to be like them. I wasn't really anyone too specific, just like all the top U.S. pros, like you know, Rob, Centros, all them. Just always looking up to them and aspiring to be like that. Um, like I said, that's mainly it. I'm probably gonna forget someone big, but yeah. after this, but yeah, that's how it goes. And being on the spot for podcasts are always hard. All right, we are getting into the mailbag portion. Thank you guys all so much for all these uh, submissions. We're gonna jump right into them. This is gonna be a little bit of rapid fire just because there's so many. Um, but if there is something you wanna expand on, by all means. Um, so Andrew asked, what's top on your running bucket list? He didn't clarify, but let's go with running bucket list for races you wanna run. Um, short answer, obviously some sort of world championship or Olympics. Um, is that realistic? I guess we'll find out in the next few years. Um, but I guess in the short term, probably just keep good, get good enough to qualify for some sort of race in Europe. That's mm-hmm. like, they're basically represent the USA in some sense, whether it's at a US indoor, US cross, just anything really. Yeah. Um, then obviously the, the main goal is some sort of outdoor track world championship, but if you could go to one diamond league, which one would you want to go to? Um, I'm not too familiar with all of them, but I'd, I mean, Monaco, I think is all this 
one that people safe choice yeah safe choice for sure. sure yeah hit the casinos after yeah we'll <laughs> see <laughs> all right um triathlon question mark question mark uh kind of into that but if i can swim i don't really know how good i am at biking because when i bike it's always just slow so i've never really tested myself but um yeah it really just comes down to whether or not i can swim like a mile without like we'll do we'll do some swimming together yeah we can we can we can start swimming together uh, I usually try to get in like a 30 minute swim, 30 minute aqua job, at least once a week, try to do twice a week. So uh, maybe I'll venture down to Longmont for some of these. Um, that was D. Lou who asked that. Um, King Julian asked, uh, kind of a loaded question. We'll see how quick you can do this one. What does it take to be great? What does it take to be great? Um, a day in and day out dedication and staying healthy. Nice. Uh, Josh asks, what do you admire most about the legacy of your glorious king, LeBron James? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'm very much a LeBron James fan. Um, so I admire <laughs> his just nonstop greatness um, and longevity. And obviously I've never actually really seen it, but apparently his work ethic's amazing as well. Mm -hmm. So just, I guess that's, yeah. Have you ever seen him play live? Yeah, so obviously when he played at Cleveland, I was able to see him quite a few times. So really? Yeah, I'd like to see him one more time before he retires. For sure. Maybe if he comes to Denver. Yeah, that'd be so. awesome. Yeah, we've been to a few Denver games. We just always cheer for the... The Nuggets? It's, a, it's always like, no, 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 we never cheer for oh, the Nuggets. <laughs> it's, it's always when they're playing like a really bad team, it's like cheap tickets, so we'll get like, we'll just get like really rowdy for like the Knicks or like yeah. something like really bad or like random. Or like the Pelicans. Uh, Another LeBron question from Tommy. LeBron or MJ or Brady? Um, definitely LeBron. I mean, Tom Brady's one of the guys, so I'd say. In terms of LeBron versus MJ, I'm on the LeBron side, but yeah. no disrespect to Michael Jordan, obviously, but no. I don't know. Full disrespect to <laughs> I know who's answering, asking these questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ryan asked uh, top five Frank Ocean songs. I'll find Frank Ocean songs. Um, definitely changes by uh, the month or so, but Ivy. Um, Classic. Nike's. Um, I'll get. Five is hard. Yeah. I don't think I can name five yeah. songs from any artist. So, uh, so I, I can name pretty much every single favorite artist. Okay, nice. Uh, is that your favorite artist? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Um, and then I'll go Crack Rock, Lost, and I'll go Wither off of the Endless Album. Nice. Um, you got the album with the shout out there. Uh, what are your, Phil asks, what are your next goals? Next goals? Um, a lot of my goals are that I actually think about are like just training goals. So just um, stay healthy, born obviously, um, and then work up to being able to do hopefully double threshold, um, and then just keep on the keep on doing the cross training and just basically train twice a day and staying motivated and or as we just say, dedicated. Dedicated is better than motivation. There you go. There you go. Discipline. Uh, this is better than motivation. Better than motivation. <laughs> just say as discipline as I can. Yeah, exactly. As I transition to like a new, new yeah. environment. I do believe that. Like, I do believe that very much where it's like, when motivation stops, that's when discipline takes over. Yeah. Because you're not always going to have to be motivated. You're not going to want to get out the door every day. You're not going to want to get in the pool. You're not going to want to bike all the time. But there comes a time where 
your discipline is what's going to take you the furthest. Yeah. I, because I totally agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a good one from Wade's 3333. Um, do you know this person? Probably. Okay. Um, would you rather have a cat named Squiggles or have Kenny Pickett receive the wrong pizza order two times? <laughs> is this relevant to something you know? Um, <laughs> I used to be anti-cat, but we have a cat in the house right now and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. So nice. I'm all go with cat named Squiggles. Nice. I used yeah. to really be anti-cat too and then I... Once you meet uh, Reed's cat, Oliver, mm -hmm. then you, yeah. because I'm pretty sure he's staying with you guys over Christmas also, mm -hmm. um, then you'll really be smid because that is just a nice little cross-eyed cyber buddy that's yeah. uh, next level. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin uh, Patrick Bayless asked, what was your nickname at Miami University? Um, I had a few. Um, Lay them on this. The initials are BDC. BDC? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, who was your first love? Also from Benjamin Patrick Bayless. Uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amelia asks, what is it like being so hot? Um, I don't know who that is, but, um. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> nice. This is now a dating, uh, matchmaking podcast. <laughs> I'll say you have to think you're hot first, which I don't. So nice. I have any other questions. Nice. nice. I guess it'd be good for self-confidence. Self there you go. Yeah. Uh, favorite type of running service from Tommy? Um, always dirt. This is a nice like, dirt trail. Dirt, baby. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I guess I have different. Uh, pine, pine, pine needles. It's probably the best. Like pine needles on top of dirt. Yeah. That's the best. Kind of like a, I guess, Priest Trail is more bar chip. Yeah. Um, Need to go to like St. Moritz, get some nice uh, pine forests running. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite or most inspirational book you've ever read from Jackson? Uh, I'll go Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Uh, yeah. Just same kind of just being hard nosed and just motivated and self disciplined. I think that really helps and will help a lot with running motivation, discipline, everything. Shane Fitz asked, What made you choose Tin Man Elite? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think I've always just kind of looked up to the team and I was a, such a big fan for the past five years. I mean, I think the team was started while I was still in high school. So just watching the team grow and watching what you guys have done for the sport, I think it was, it was really cool and wanted to, you know, just do, help you guys do similar and kind of be the, the new, new kids in the block and just kind of like revamp the team. Um, after all, like the the people out the summer just kind of like be the new face and yeah absolutely nice it is it is something really cool now and like to hear you say that because like austin was kind of like very similar where it was like mm -hmm. when the team first started like he was a senior in high school yeah um and then followed in college and everything so it is cool to see like um you know someone from be, becoming like a follower and a fan into being now an athlete mm -hmm. it's like those dreams can yeah. you know, become a reality, you know, even for anyone listening. Yeah, which um, I have a Joey gave me a 10 man sticker at him in my junior in college. So no way. Laptop, yeah. So, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Spooky Sid asked, is Ohio colder than Colorado? Uh, yes, all of Ohio, which I'm from the north, northern side, so that's even colder there. So like the average high is probably in like low 30s, average low is probably 
20-ish, whereas here the average high in the winter is like upper 40s. Oh, so you were, you were, you were, you were ready for this question. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I, I, I just enjoy looking at weather patterns and stuff. So nice, I weather. I, I knew the stats off the top of my head. Weatherman, new <laughs> <and> nickname. <laughs> uh, top three shoe rotation right now. Um, so I've run an Adidas a little bit at Miami. Um, so I guess the ones I'm liking now are the Adidas Solar Glides. I think I like those the best. For I, training? Yeah, right. for training runs. Um, I like the Bostons. And then also I wear, the, the past six years I've worn the Skechers Max Roads. Or in the past three years actually. But I've had probably like 40 pairs of Skechers Max Roads, so. Wow. Which do, you, do you use like Ed Chez's Skechers discount code or what? <laughs> I, I don't know if you're allowed to say a Skechers shoe now that you're sponsored by Adidas, but yeah, we'll let it slide. <laughs> uh, I don't wear them anymore. If that means okay. But um, shout out Skechers. Yeah. I think they're phasing <laughs> out. It, Adidas ain't paying us for this podcast. I, so. I, think, they're, I think Skechers <laughs> is phasing out the running shoes enough where they're no longer competition yeah. at all. Yeah. I wonder, I think maybe when Chez's contract is up, they'll just discontinue yeah. their running. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I'd say those three, and then this for, I like the the Audios Pro 3s more than any other Super Show board, so. Nice. Yeah, that goes a lot. Um, last couple right here. Um, these are mainly from guys on the team. Uh, <laughs> Drew asked, what went through your head when deciding where to move to start your pro career? I guess you already answered this one with mm -hmm. Tim and Elite, so we can just go to Austin's, unless you want to answer that one. I'd probably pretty much actually okay. say, and I guess I kind of wanted to be at altitude as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I, I mentioned early in the podcast that Boulder's always kind of been this place that I've looked at as like this amazing place to train and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Austin said, "Answer this: Ohio, greater than blank, uh, every state." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Ohio fan, so you are a huge Ohio fan. I'm not one of those haters. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and Joey asked, possibility of joining the Tour de France with Joey upon retirement from running? Question mark. Yeah, we can start. A, we can start the ten man pro cycling team. Cycling team. I think we need to do some cycling gear. Um, I'm assuming that. That'd be pretty sweet. Get some. Get some bibs uh, going. Uh, all right. Last question. Uh, Going to wrap it up with one of my favorite questions is. What is your Mount Rushmore of people that you have raced against? And it doesn't have to be just the four fastest people you've ever raced against. It could be the most influential people for you that you race against, someone you looked up to, whatever's the Mount Rushmore for you. Because Teddy Roosevelt wasn't a great president, but he did do the whole national parks thing. So mm -hmm. he got on there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if that's a consideration, then maybe he'd be on there for me because I'll run parks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, but you haven't raced against him, so it doesn't um, count. So, I guess Mario Garcia Roma. Nice. I racing against him, obviously fourth in the world. Old I think Mexico. I only actually raced against him once in a 3K, but when I was at Miami. Um, and then Elliot Kipsang raced against him. Shout out, shout out Elliot. Shout out Elliot. I was at both of his regional races where he got it like a like a 50 meter lead and everyone, we were just yeah. out in the back, like, oh, okay, this, we just spike for a second then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, you see Elliot in your race, and you're like, all right, I guess there's four more spots. Yeah, <laughs> but that's literally what I was thinking. Of. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's when he was solo in April 35s every single day. Yeah. So, um, and then, I guess the other two would probably be from, I guess, this US final this past year, so Paul Chalima, 
um, obviously Steve like in the solar battles thing. Yeah, I figure what year it was, maybe twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice him doing any uh, nose taps during the race? Yeah, no, I was so far. I was okay. I was right <laughs> shoulders and pole sprout the entire race. So I, I didn't really notice down and out with Cole in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be higher up, but I was as well. Yeah, and then. Um, I guess I, I, I have to say Woody Kincaid just because he has seen record record indoors in the mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, which it might actually just, I don't know if Grant's right faster outdoors, but I guess it could be the yeah. overall record record as well. Nice. Yeah. Those are good ones. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Cannot wait to follow. I'm sure everyone listening is going to be excited to follow your career and as the years go on and to continue the legacy of Tim and Elite now that, uh, you're one of the newest members. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for everyone listening. Go check out Pillar Performance, 50% off. Use code TINTALK. Uh, really great recovery supplement. It'll relieve soreness, make you sleep better. Everything you need in one. You get like 40 servings for one. So I think it's around like $40 with the discount. So dollar a night to feel better absolute no-brainer guys especially using code tintalk uh it has magnesium in it which is an essential nutrient that you need for running for performance for recovery you will enjoy this product as much as i have i have no doubt thank you so much like comment subscribe all that good stuff this podcast is brought to you by pillar performance are you feeling like shit? Are your legs really sore? Can you, do you sleep like shit? Well, maybe you should try Pillar Performance. It has three types of different magnesium in it. I can't pronounce them all. 